0: Thank you for listening to another episode of The Hollywood Growler. This is Chapman Crafted Beers Part 2. We continue our conversation with Mr. Will D., who's the owner of Chapman Crafted Beers and Haven and Provisions and some other businesses that he's owned and been a part of. Uh, he makes a pretty big announcement in this episode, so listen for that. We made a little uh, made a little news here at The Hollywood Growler. And uh, we taste some of the beers, which were just amazing, Uh, You really need to get down there right now specifically to try the uh, Ares series or part of the Zodiac series. Um, It was yummy, and you're going to hear all about it on this episode. Thank you for tuning in, and uh, we have really good news. The next episode beyond this one um, is also a two-parter, so uh, I don't know if that'll become a trend, but um, we hope you enjoy it, and uh, we're really grateful For these owners and these brewers for giving us so much of their time thanks so much we hope you enjoy episode uh five which is chapman crafted beers part two
1: and uh welcome back uh we got some pours with will here so uh why don't you go over on these delicious brews that you put in front of us here
2: sounds good um I'll start off with, uh, so we brew here on a uh, premier 20 barrel system. Uh, It was the biggest that we could put in the building. Um, And kind of going over things with Brian was that being as efficient as we can with our time and processes, you know, starting off with uh, just him in the beginning, it's, you know, producing and packaging and everything else, looking to, to get everything we were gonna do, uh, we definitely needed to be um, efficient in our time and space. So, you know, looking at 10 or 15 or 20, uh, 20 worked out good because the biggest tank we could put in is a 40. Uh, we actually dug down um, in our brewing space area, we call it the pool, um, where you step down like six inches uh, to go into it Which makes it difficult to bring in tanks by the way um (laughs) but instead we're we're doing uh you know a single batch 20 into a 20 barrel fermenter or we're doing a 20 uh 220s into a 40 barrel and then that's gonna be our max when it comes down to that so uh currently uh what i walked around and showed you guys um thank you for the tour oh you're welcome you're welcome um it's, it's ever-changing, but uh, you know, it's, there's, there's, there's a general plan, and one day I'll finish. <laughs> um, but uh, the spatial part of where we've expanded from five 20-barrel fermenters to now uh, six 20-barrel fermenters and two 40-barrel fermenters, um, there is slated, we are slated to add uh, three more 40s and uh, at least two more 20s, maybe three more 20s. Uh, depends on uh, a couple of things.
0: Where, are those going to go back in that same area, or are you going to so, have to yeah, so make you, room? <laughs> no, no.
2: Well, um, you saw David actually filling some uh, some uh, whiskey barrels uh, with a uh, an imperial stout that we uh, did that we're blending with a uh, barley wine. Um, that uh, right there where he had those barrels set up, those will all line up down the middle.
0: So you're just going to fill in that room, basically?
2: Yeah, it'll be a, a pretty pretty uh compact tank farm but uh you know we'll definitely be doing our due diligence on measurements and make sure that uh you know walkways are there and you're still able to kind of work in the space
0: yeah really would
2: make no sense to not right. <laughs> right, close off openings and stuff so with all that being said um you guys are drinking up here uh, to start off with uh, that tall uh Chimney glass or uh, Kolsch glass, as they call them, um, is our flagship beer as our uh, Chapman Crafted Pills. Um, Chapman Crafted Pills is uh, 5.2%, um, about 10 IBUs. Uh, basically, our flagship. Uh, you can't uh, can't beat this. Super easy drinking. Um, it has our moniker that we end up having for it, um, which is. Uh, you know, we gave it
1: our name uh, that goes along with it. So it's a modification of our logo. Uh, we do now, a little icon suite with it. Now, is this the one where you're like, why aren't you making a Pilsner? And yeah. You, this was what... This he, is what he came up okay. with. So, it's, uh, it's very crisp, clean, and I can see why it's a flagship. I mean,
0: And it's got um, sort of a European-style depth. Um, I was over in Europe last year, and, uh, you know, the... Pilsner Urquell and everything they make that's live yeast there which you know we're not really allowed to do in America but this has much more of that vibe to it this is good yeah it's a it's a fun
2: beer uh mm-hmm. really enjoy it uh I still drink Trumer quite a bit and uh it's definitely a different beer it's not like he uh kind of rolled out and said well yeah I don't don't do pilsners because the fact I did uh Trumer for so long that it was like that's all I want to brew but uh <laughs> it ended up being uh, it's definitely a great oats to the style, mm-hmm. um, and uh, yeah, we, we love it. We've had some some really great brewers and uh, brewery owners that uh, have uh, had this and been like, "Hey, this is all I'd want to drink from your spot," <laughs> and uh, and we usually do, and that's the great part. You know, when people have come and visits and hang 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 out at the brewery, so or even at jbf
0: uh tell us uh, what uh, if you uh, without speaking for the brewer exactly if there's something that sort of distinguishes this pilsner from maybe some others that you might uh, might see out there um distinguishes it uh
2: you know it i think consistency is the is the ultimate key uh you have to be onto that uh if you're going to make a tweak here or there uh and then make sure it's it's like that from there on out. I, I think that this has had a pretty uh, consistent run as far as its output, um, and the flavor profile hasn't changed much. I mean, what Brian was shooting for is uh, is what he achieved kind of early on, and then um, continues to do. It's just one of those things you don't want to rush. Uh, don't want to rush it. You know, a pilsner can can have some time, and that's great. Yeah, it's just a a good, easy drinking beer uh, that uh, fits the bowl. I mean, everybody wants to have a, I think, a beer tasting beer
1: that's uh, light, not too crazy, and this this one is is the case. Yeah, I'm trying to, I'm I'm like trying to keep it slow, but I keep just, you know, it's yeah.
2: refreshing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah it's refreshing. It, does, it does end up being that case.
1: Too. Yeah,
0: it's got um, it's got a. Uh, You said it was about 10 IBUs. It still has a a pretty uh, unique hop profile. Uh, What kind of hops are you guys using? Uh,
2: I can wrap with the guys onto what what it actually is. Uh, I know that uh, we don't put uh, on our pour sets that we have on all of our products. I'll kind of like list that one out. So Okay. Uh, yeah, fair. Well, Definitely.
0: we usually do a little tag at the end of the episode. So if we get, a, if we get a, some numbers from you later, we'll, we'll make sure to include them at the end. Yeah. Well,
2: David's right in there. We'll uh, wrap with him. Or if uh, when Brian gets here, we can wrap with him as well. Kind of gives you guys all the, the overall details. Off the top of my head, it's not something that I, I have. So. <laughs> right on.
0: Um, so this is really good. We hope uh, you'll come down to uh, Chapman Crafted. You're definitely going to want to try and try the pilsner especially uh for a sunny southern california uh day if you're here in the afternoon this is this is definitely where you want to start um tell us uh, you've got a couple of more pours out and these uh look like they are uh a little more a little more fancy fancy for sure yeah <laughs>
2: let's go so this this is something i'm super excited about this um the uh Hazy IPA, um, so hazy in color. Nothing like uh, doesn't look like orange juice or something like that, uh, which I've uh, I've seen some of those do look like that sometimes. Um, the product that uh, we have here is our first of our Zodiac series. So the first sign of the Zodiac is Aries, which um, happened to be where uh, my sister is actually born uh, in that. So April fourth, and. Uh, it's the RAM, so we actually uh, canned this one and changed up our uh, cans uh, can labeling a little bit. Uh, added quite a bit of more detail to it. Ended up going with a uh, metallic uh, label. Ended up doing some really cool like knockout um some iridescence uh it, it's just a really sexy label um i, <laughs> I come from a, a design background as well so okay. most of the branding uh and some of the marketing material and a lot of the can labels and stuff like that i've i've done all those and so it's this is kind of one where you know i worked with a, a group to um or a guy to that uh, put this together um it was at the limit of what I could actually do myself, but uh, <laughs> I had a vision and it was uh, easily conveyable. It came in the first rendition, which uh, seems to be the case. Uh, when you can kind of talk designer to designer, it uh, turns out really good. Uh, so this one's a hazy IPA, 6.7%, about 30 IPUs as a uh, hazy
1: goes, but you no know, uh, hops or Galaxy, Simcoe, Citra. I was gonna say it has that like fruity um, yep. Galaxy hop in it. I was- um, but I'm having the same problem with the last one. I can't put it down. Ooh. So you guys, um, from these two so far, it seems like there's a theme of drinkability. Um, you, it doesn't seem like it wrecks the palate too much. Or it just kind of has a little sweet, um, fruity flavor. And it just, I want to keep drinking it. Yeah, and at 6.7. Bri- yeah, Brian is uh, balanced Is is probably
2: the thing I'd say the most about his beers. I mean... I mean, you can kind of look look back at. I remember drinking Drake's products uh, when he was there, and uh, even like Apocalypse um, or even AromaComa. Just like, it isn't
1: both great beers.
2: Yeah, which they're, they're great beers and great products. But when you're you're drinking some of that stuff, you're not used to. Uh, some other beers you'll have and you'd be like, oh, it's a double IPA and it's like, man, this is a double IPA. Yeah, totally. Right? This is a real double IPA that's just gonna uh, kick you in the teeth and mm-hmm. uh, and you you know you gotta, it's like uh, having a drag of a cigar where you're like, man, I, I, I gotta brush my teeth for like a, a week because <laughs> I, I just gotta get rid of that flavor profile out of my mouth. Yeah. And that, I'm not a hoppy beer drinker and okay. I, I drink there's uh, if if I'm drinking a IPA somewhere or something like that, it's like it's because it's really really good, and mm-hmm. uh, I I enjoy what we put out uh, across the board. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't I would make a change. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's
0: been a recurring theme in the episodes. Is you know Southern California has this reputation for you know hoppy IPAs that are come in like a wrecking ball, and you know you can kind of attribute that back to Stone because that's very much what they were trying to do. Sure,
2: o- over. Over bitter or over hopped yeah. in that respect. If you consider something to be over,
0: um, <laughs>
2: it, when you're looking for that, and that's a thing. It's it, it, you get what you know what you're getting. Yeah. you know, and that that is true. And uh, it, it is great to have.
1: Um,
2: this is so good,
1: though. Um,
2: <laughs> but as you.
0: as a result, yeah. people are a little you know a little scared of or intimidated by uh, IPAs, and we've been pitching that. You know, we talked about that with Ryan, especially. Um, mm-hmm. People don't need to be scared. You know, there's plenty yeah. of good IPAs out there that are very drinkable. Like you just said. Even like hopcans. pale ales. Like
2: we have our pale series has been fantastic. We've produced quite a bit of pale ales. And, um, you know, in the marketplace, we get some nice, like permanent handles of pale ale, which is, you know, that's a style that's I heard was dead and buried. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but that's the thing. It's, you know, it was taken over by IPA or something. And it's not so much the case. Um, the, there is still plenty of demand for great beer and also creating uh products like uh a pale ale or uh um we do a yes chef call it's a hoppy lager so uh name came first beer came second which is <laughs> kind of an ode to the uh the kitchen side of things but uh yeah it's um that's the thing being able to generate styles you were talking to um my sales manager sean just a uh, a little bit ago and uh, the discussion was uh about that we brew styles that you know a lot of people want to drink and yeah. or, or like oh they don't see it that often enough uh, or something like that you know it's not the easiest of things you know some styles you know they don't they don't move that quickly but at the same time I've, we feel that a lot of our beers uh move at at a steady enough click that we can continue to brew the styles that we want to brew so well we, i
0: i can also tell that you know that you know we were talking a lot about russian river before you know you guys are shooting for a, for an elevated palate, something that's a little more refined you know they they're really the the gold standard for that you know they're almost doing it like napa up there but um yeah this is this is definitely in that vein and you can you can taste it uh, there's there's complexity um and polish
1: yeah this Thank is you. i I just finished mine because it is that good. I couldn't stop <laughs> drinking it.
0: Um, and, uh, that's, that's, that's high praise. Cause, uh, Connor, is, Connor is, all about hazy IPA. So, <laughs> well, it depends. <laughs> a lot of people, a lot
1: of people do them wrong, but that was amazing. So,
2: well, uh, Connor, there's another one that I didn't pour you just cause of the limited amount of that. And want to make sure that, uh, you spoke, continue to speak articulately on uh, <laughs> this whole thing. But, uh, there's one that we uh, released at the same time as uh, uh, the Aries here, uh, is uh, Cool Kid Hops. Okay. <laughs> uh, which is.
1: Uh a uh, uh, pretty fun ones, but that's a double, and uh, you, that, can, you can try that out okay. after the podcast. Okay. So uh, uh, did, real quick, I want to ask: Is that for, uh, for sale in your four packs right I do now? have uh, cans of it. Yeah. I so. know what I'm buying today. <laughs> <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> Sounds so. good. Real I hard. was
0: going to ask about uh, your plans for the uh, the Zodiac series. Obviously, you've got you know 12 signs to work with. There so it is. yeah, I'm, are you planning on doing it sort of monthly? Like in... it is okay. every
2: uh, so the Zodiac sign. Uh, Uh, the astrology wheel is uh, prominently displayed on the can uh, and as it um, as we change up the design for the next label uh, you know the current sign will be uh, more to the forefront than the other ones and and the uh, the star constellation uh, as well so you'll see kind of how all those kind of tie in together and everything else but uh yeah each each uh range of dates will we'll release it right before then
0: is that it. is that going to be a like a limited edition thing or are you going to try and incorporate it into something more permanent it
2: it, it will be something that we're going to run all year long so we're not going to abandon it uh it's it's a great beer you tasted it so it's going to mm-hmm. they're all not going to be the exact same ones uh
1: um, is it going to be some sort of hop rotation that you're going to be working with see pay attention it'll be good <laughs> yeah 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 if uh just follow
2: along the it'll definitely uh be something that people will be interested in getting uh this one um the label i was really stoked on it and the way it came out because it was like exactly what i uh, envisioned uh and the great part is the beer turned out as uh, great as it should be but uh we pretty much you can only get it right now in the tasting room uh everybody that it was available to, to grab it, got it and it's gone. So uh, like literally hit our limit within uh, a few hours. So um, people just bought it up and it's done. So. Well, it,
0: it, that beer alone is worth the trip. So um, come on down and, and give it a try. And if uh, if that's a sign of things to come from the Zodiac series, I'm excited about that and we'll definitely be coming back around. So thank you, That's that was great. That, yeah.
1: yeah, so the, not very often I want to come for just one beer tubere, but that one you kind yeah, of won, you kind of won me over on that sweet. one that that'll, really that'll hook good. somebody in for yeah, sure that that was really well
2: done cool and then uh the last one here um i have it in this glass but we usually serve it in our uh, coffee mug this is that nitro coffee one of yours. Yeah, yeah. see it. Uh, it's uh, yeah, uh, its reputation precedes it. Mm-hmm. Um, this well, is our... we, we don't
0: we don't want to do a podcast with somebody unless we're already kind of a fan. And there Con- you go. Connor's <laughs> been talking about you for a while. We we
2: much appreciated, much appreciated. Uh, this is Slow Riser. So mm, that's it. Yeah. Slow Riser has been a um, a beer that. Brian, uh, developed out earlier on, did something similar to it at Haven Brewing, uh, on the, on the, the same kind of level, but nothing truly like, uh, this one. Mm-hmm. And, um, you end up having a scenario where, uh, you take a red ale and you, uh, uh, put it on nitro and do it with coffee, uh, which is truly the fun part of it. Um, it does have that great coffee flavor to it. Um, the red ale gives a nice uh, malt backbone to it. Mm-hmm. This one is the holiday blend, which is uh, has our coffee, cinnamon, cocoa nibs, and vanilla. Um, the coffee in it's uh, Ethiopia, um, and it's just a fun, fun beer to have. Um, doing a nitro beer that's uh it's 5.1% 10 IBUs as well um uh, but this one was a fun one because you end up having people that are used to getting a um an Irish origin beer on uh on nitro everywhere they go and you know you're seeing some other stuff that's coming around um you know seeing some stuff that uh, like Naughty Sauce that uh, Evan did uh, when he was at Noble. Super fun, still around, uh, great beer and, you know, the uh, alterations that they do with it. Slow Riser wasn't meant to be anything other than Brian was like, yeah, you know what? I want to, you know, do a coffee beer and a red ale was the good base. You know, he's just just thinking out, you know, in his head of what he was going to put together. And again, coming up with this kind of profile back in like uh 2012 or whatever it was um when he did it or 13 i think it was um i think it was 12 2012 yeah um so. and he, it was like that process was just awesome and i was just like man that was a great beer then but uh when when it really got a, a good name to it and um he refined the beer itself to be what it is now a slow riser it's it's definitely one of our uh benchmark beers that we uh, put out so it's consistent but this one doing a little uh, other adjuncts in it has made it uh, super fun
0: mm-hmm.
2: so
1: but uh, I was under the impression this was your flagship beer um, sure
0: <laughs> for because it's been around a while yeah because mm-hmm.
1: it, it's been around a while it was the,
2: before it preceded uh, Pilsner for sure and I would say that we definitely gained uh, a good amount of notoriety on it I mean mm-hmm. you also can taste um, the coffee like if you're a, a coffee drinker and you like good coffee, I'm like a, a super involved in coffee and uh, just think it's a, a great, uh, great product if you can get good stuff. Obviously having uh, Portola at uh, Provisions, it's, uh, you know, I have access to that on a daily basis. Uh, Haven, I've had uh, Portola as our coffee. We do French press, uh, table-side pre- French press. Uh, pretty much for the past eight years I want to say it's been been a while so like I said I've been having that for a long time and it's like you can't go back as soon as you <laughs> have it and this is that this is the case I, I have this and it's like I gauge coffee beers based on our slow riser because we get a different the blend of coffee is different each time hmm. so the fortune of the crazy story which segues into something that was asked a little earlier um <laughs> of me off off camera or or mic I should say um, is that uh, we end up having a a fantastic um, uh, staff and uh, one of our original staff members here in the tasting room um, it just so happened that at the time he had a uh, coffee roaster roastery that he would uh, roast his own coffee and stuff like that and as we were doing uh, slow rise of the first few versions of it we mixed around with a a couple different uh roasters uh and uh made some versions of it and stuff so um one of them ended up being uh with uh this guy that works for us that did uh said hey let me let me put this together and everything else and it was just turned out to be like one of the best that we had done of slow rise of best rendition we were just like okay this is fantastic so it ended up being the second and the third and the this and the that yeah so it ended up being that that whole time ended up being that uh, this one the coffee always came from the same place from there on out Um, we did just recently did a a beer called The Last Roast which ended up being the last roast with him at his roastery ended up through uh, one thing or another ended up having to kind of close it down and this and that it just uh just wasn't working out to that range which gave an opportunity for something that when Chapman Crafted was started about the vision of what we'll do in time like I said uh before it's not like we are have some venture capitalists behind us and is just pumping money into it it's uh we make uh we make it when we make it and uh, then we'll build it from there that ended being the case so uh down the road, uh, I guess you'll hear it first here on your guys's uh, podcast. Yes, please
0: make some news. That'd <laughs> be fantastic.
2: Uh, Chapman Crafted Coffee is uh, is coming. So, awesome. This, this g- uh, gentleman Noah is our um, director of coffee, uh, only newly to that uh, role. Um, it actually probably hasn't officially taken place until uh, I think Monday, but next Monday. But uh, he was just texting me just now about. Uh, Talking about some sourcing, some equipment. So, but that will be in uh, in the works to uh, so, to start uh, roasting our own coffee um, and uh, a cold brew to your uh, coming your way, um, as well as uh, beans
0: to be able to do it. So you just, you, uh, you just can't stop. You are you are rolling out <laughs> new stuff like every time every chance you get. That's great. Well,
2: Opportunities there. It's uh, I feel if you're able to do so, and uh, you know. I always feel surrounding myself with people that know more than I do, uh, and, uh, do better at than others. And, you know, sometimes, uh, sometimes you think that that's the case in certain scenarios and you got to kind of part ways, but other times it's, uh, you know, it, it's good for the time while, while we're together. And, and then we, uh, we move on and, you know, uh, and do different things. But, uh, this, this is end up being, uh, a really cool process, been working with him for a lot of years, uh, uh, his name's Noah, he's, he's just a fantastic guy, extremely knowledgeable about coffee and uh, definitely will be doing uh, uh, a great, great process with Chapman Crafted
0: Coffee. So, so since that's a, <coughs> sort of a next big thing that you're rolling out, let me ask this sort of broad question. Sure. Um, it's a recurring theme in some of these breweries that coffee's getting put in the beer mm-hmm. and they'll have, you know, a separate coffee bar. What is the love affair with uh, that brewers have with coffee? It seems like it it's comes the, up over it's and over the again. The brewing, right? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, maybe right? maybe it, it is. I guess You so.
2: brew and you brew. Um, I I think there's a love affair with coffee around the entire country, if not the world. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's uh, it is there. I mean, there there's a lot of challenges in coffee, um, just like there is in beer. Um, in in it's. It's industry has its own challenges. And, uh, I was down at, uh, uh, the carnival of caffeination that modern times puts on. And, uh, there was a lot of those discussions in the regards to, uh, the producing of the coffee, uh, berry, um, and the bean and everything else that goes along with it. And I think that, you know, as I continue to educate myself further and further onto it, um, that'll be, uh, great to kind of get involved and involved in that, that, that industry, you know, there's different pieces to it, but, uh, it'll be a fun one to get involved in. And, uh, I enjoy good coffee and it's, uh, I'm surrounded by great coffee as it is. And this will be a uh, great to be able to put out uh, our own product and something that, uh, been in the works like i said for years but it's uh finally being able to pull the trigger here soon to be able to put that out there
0: well i I can tell you're like us you kind of started out as a fan when it came to this coffee thing you had a twinkle in your eye when you started talking about it so (laughs) i (laughs) I can tell you're excited Coffee's
2: great um i really enjoy it i I think it's fun to drink it and everything else I can, I've had really bad coffee and I've had had really good coffee. And so it's like when you uh, go through and you've, you've tasted the highs and lows, it's like, that's easily the way you would kind of say, um, I've had really good beer and I've had really bad beer and you, you know, I've had mass produced beer. So, I mean, I mean, you, you, a lot of people will, um, Early on in the beer industry, we'll say, uh, and it's not really a popular thing to say sometimes, but we'll say, you know, um, you got to give it to big beer because the the product that they put out there, um, it tastes the same as it does in, like, say, Bangladesh, as it does, you know, mm-hmm. here in, you know, Orange, if you have it, and uh, they work hard at that. And mm-hmm. I've known quite a few of the people that have worked in that. Uh, work for some of those companies and still today that have moved to those companies and work for them and they are producing a a product if it's talking about some of those, the bigger macro uh, light beers and stuff that it is it it tastes the same no matter where you go so the processes are so refined and so detailed. Mm -hmm. Consistency is key. You have to give it you have to give it up uh, for that thing. That doesn't mean that that's something that I'm interested in uh, in purchasing or consuming because I find that one dollar in that direction is just one dollar that goes against uh, my industry on this end, on the mm-hmm. craft craft independent side. And so that ends up being the hard part. So
0: It's especially remarkable that with different water around the world, they can still somehow find ways to get consistent tastes. I mean, that's maybe the hardest part at the end of the day, right? Because water doesn't taste the same everywhere, right? I,
2: Uh, from the source or where you get it from but uh, yeah I think that I think that that's something that sets some of the breweries apart from each other I know that if you uh, wanted to do a a podcast about water and and had uh, Brian sit down you wouldn't have enough storage space for him to talk about water Uh, that is uh for a lot of people and uh, a lot of the great breweries out there uh, water is the most important ingredient and um, the way they manipulate water um, you know uh, maybe not with a trident um, but uh, <laughs> they, they do they do manipulate it in titration,
0: a way. not trident right, right, there, right.
2: But uh, yeah it ends up being one of the most important things and I think that water uh, or coffee water in coffee is also uh, a very, very much so the case as well um Definitely. there's there's a lot of profile things that can go along with all of it and uh you know that's a fun one but
1: re- what, what i understand is that uh coffee and beer have the same acidity so that's one of the draws as to flavor profile because it works so well together i mean i, I learned this from uh, a friend when we were studying a few years ago um because we had some coffee and beers while we were trying to bust out some essays. But, um, <laughs> <that> <laughs> why was, does this
0: go so well? I think that was one
1: of, one of the excuses of, uh, you know, beer and coffee have the same acidity, so we can stay here and be here all night, and the longer it goes, the more creative we're going to get. But, um, <laughs> uh, but I understand that that's one of the reasons why they just blend so well no matter what. It is
2: it is fun to see um, our brewing team and um, us when we all get together. Whether it be, you know, myself with like Jonas or Sean or um, the brewers, whatever, we'll we'll sit down and kind of taste this or uh, put this together or percentage or what's a you know where do we want to see this uh, go or what the flavor profile is going to be and you know, how it'll eventually be. And the, the more we do it, the better we get at it the case. I want to say that um, and I know Brian wanted to say that either uh, or David is that we've uh, perfected anything. Mm. So um, back in the day when I used to uh, coach high school water polo and swimming uh, locally here in Orange County uh, it was um, you know practice doesn't make perfect. It's perfect practice makes perfect. And that's the case it's uh, you have to continually work on your your trade and you have to constantly be looking at how can i improve this process but sometimes when you look to improve a process in one one spot it opens pandora's box on the other end because now you have a whole host of other things that uh, you have to make sure you uh, control so in brewing it's a tough thing so
0: uh talking about balance like that you seem like um you have a uh, you're very conscientious about being hands-on and hands-off at the right times uh, with with the people who are doing the work, and you can you can really hear it in how you talk about the people who are developing the processes and, and working on specific areas. Um, can you tell us a little bit about, about how you think of, in terms of um, letting your people do what they've got to do to to get the best product uh, out of them, basically?
2: Wow, that's a it's a good question. It's a- insightful the fact that uh or it's interesting that you were able to pull it out of our conversation but uh yeah i i (laughs) there's there's a point of micromanaging and there's a point of uh allowing uh the staff or the people to uh do what they're there to do um in the restaurant side of things if you put together a schedule and put people in a certain framework it's um where they're scheduled and where they're supposed to be. Um, if there's a failure at, during that shift, uh, look at the scheduling. Not so much of you know uh, that maybe somebody uh, did something incorrectly or didn't handle it the right way. But there's times when you have to give that timeout conversation and. The more that the staff is receptive to those conversations, the better everybody I think is. That if it's like, look, you know, there's no offense should be taken by the way that we're gonna do this, but you know, here's the tools uh, we're gonna lay it out for you, uh, and you know, the whole goal is preparation. If you can get as much information out there where expectations uh, are the same on both sides, whether it be, uh, a server or bartender or beer tender or brewer, you know, um, if everybody's expectations are, are somewhat close, I think that that ends up being the crucial piece. So going on the beer side of things, if we end up, uh, brewing a beer and, uh, we set out and we're like, Hey, we want, uh, we want a Pilsner, uh, and we want this to be out there to be a traditional style beer and here you go and it shows up and the clarity's off and the mouth feels off and almost everything out everything about it so there's an expectation loss there between the two ends so sales and distro wanted that they didn't get it the brewers uh maybe didn't really understand that they wanted they were like thinking they're creating some like uh like Pilsner hybrid, because for some reason it was brought up in conversation. And if the two aren't meeting up, I think that that's the key is that everybody's gotta be talking, gotta be on the same page. And if you get everybody on the same page, uh, then, then that's a good way to start off. But I don't know, I, I'm, not, I'm not the brewer here and that ends up being the case, but there is certain things that you know I wanted to see and, uh, and they came out of our, our brewery, which is great um but Brian uh steers that ship you know David um you know makes those beers those are the guys that get in there and make sure that from start to finish we we have that uh get done but it's if you are there over the top the whole time you're going to hinder creativity you're not going to allow what could be there um uh, famously, uh, in in my mind, it's famously, but um, there was a I had an interview with a um, a utility, which I call at my restaurants, which is a uh, like a busser position, but they food run, they <clears throat> change kegs, they bar back, they it's an all around position. Like
0: a utility man in baseball. Yep. All right. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, Or a utility and water polo. Uh,
0: there you go. There
2: you go. Right? There you go. So, yeah,
1: um, yeah. Will and I were talking about our old water polo and swim days back, <laughs> in, the the day. back in the day. Back in.
2: I know it would have been a good race, though, man. Oh, I think dude. that we. I think we might might uh, have a good one there. I don't know.
0: So, <laughs> Sponsored by Chapman Craft Beer yeah. and. Uh, the Hollywood Growler. Yeah, yeah. The, <laughs> the, fish, swim off. the fifty, the one hundred, and the relay. <laughs> yeah. Right. I think you'd beat me now, but uh. oh, I don't know about that. I know.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: so, um, I had a uh, interview. Uh, there was a utility that was working for me at at Haven, and uh, his name was Josh. And we sat down, and he, he was, we were like putting some people in some kind of more upper roles to uh, develop out some people um, or the group so that uh, they had somebody to kind of talk with. And then in turn, we would have uh, some meetings with them uh, to kind of make sure everybody's on the same page. Um, Ultimately, kind of same thing I was talking about earlier. Well, after after that interview uh, or right before that interview, we had had an interview with a potential manager position, um, so we sat down, we had this conversation with him, and uh, he, he lived in Old Town at the time, and um, he got up, and after the conversation was done, I looked across at the people I was doing the interview with, and I'm like, that guy, um, I would rather have him as a manager than the guys that we've been interviewing, and literally had called him and said, hey, come back, sat down with him and said, hey, you're not going to get the position of like lead utility I'm like oh, it's like a, but what we'd like to do is offer you a manager position and within about a month and a half of being manager he uh, showed me that he had what it took to be uh, a bar manager at at Haven which is I look as a huge uh, like job that has so many moving pieces and it's something that I definitely oversee like to a huge extent like what beers we bring in and from what breweries and and uh, how, we, how we advertise it out. It, you name the process and the wine selection and the spirits and the cocktails and everything else and managing the bartenders, these are all the things that kind of go along with it. Took it and ran with it and uh, has been uh, historically one of my best bar managers I've ever had from my companies. And that's super cool to sit there and look at it, but that's the point is that kind of digressing back is that what I look for is somebody that can be a self-starter. But if I could easily crush somebody's self-starting abilities by doing too much, but at the same time, it's got to be the right person there too. Some people, they want to self-start so much that they just don't pay attention to some form or some structure that's that's in place. And so having some form or form, some structure in the beginning, I think, curates the rest of it and it falls into place i mean you've met uh pretty much all of my team uh here today uh the exception of like a couple of them but you know uh, sean being able to have that you know self-starter mentality but at the same time being able to know what the structure side is you know we would have plenty of conversations and he would always ask me how far can i go on this You know where could I you know is this too much or and that always was the case with him and that and that's why he was able to within two years move up the way he did so quickly and be in the position that he's in and be respected with everybody else you know moving up with along somebody and then that you know, these other people just like saying, hey, yeah, we, we respect him in that role. And I think that that's a lot that goes along with it. Is, well, it's important.
1: That's that's a lot of responsibility. I mean, I, I've been in charge of doing beer purchasing, but not beer, wine, and spirits. And then also managing an entire team. So it sounds like he took on that role personally. And like uh, the way you uh, respected him in that, I mean... It just sounds like it was the right person for the right job, and yeah, so. you're right.
2: And and that's, I think that when you're hiring people, it, it's you gotta you gotta hire right, you gotta you gotta fire right. <laughs> and I, I I feel that kind of I've never really fired anybody, even though there's been conversations that have been in the probably hundreds or so um, that's gone the other way. But it's more of people fire themselves, you know. That goes into a scenario where look, we have an expectation. I have one, and so does the person that's working for me. You know, and if those expectations start to that divide starts to be very big, um, then it ends up not being uh, a good fit any longer. And whether they move on, um, which I'm always happy about people improving their situation, no matter what it is, whether it be financially or locationally or position-wise. You know, there's people that have moved to other states, uh, other countries that have worked for me, and uh, it's been great. And I've had people that have worked for me at three or four different places and have come back to work for me throughout the years. And it's been a lot of fun to see that growth, you know, whether it be – I had a server that actually uh, uh, lives locally here, and uh, uh, he worked at the Pasadena location uh, as a bartender, came down and became a server here, um, and uh, is now in his uh, career that he's looking at. Uh, going into it. I had a kid and named it Haven, which is uh, super cool. Um, That's the cool part is like seeing these historic stuff throughout all the the time, the past 10 years in this area, people like saying, hey, I had my first date, you know, I got engaged here, you know, we came back, we come for anniversary all the time, you know, or here at Chapman where people have said, uh, they've gotten married here, they've had the receptions here, you know, um, that's the super fun part to hear those stories and we hear them for some reason seemingly a little bit more than uh at other places that i've uh either owned or managed um that it's great i don't i don't know if it's just the city and the community but i'm sure it's part of it it's just kind of cool to hear all that stuff coming around well i can
1: definitely see it with the atmosphere you bring and also you know the professional um integrity you bring into all your businesses because i've wandered around all of them for years, and um, you just have a different type of, I guess the word's vibe. I don't know, it seems a little... Yeah, what you're describing isn't usual. Like, you're
0: talking about the right person for the right job. Not every owner has the conscientiousness that you have, and that's why I picked up on it after, you know, really just hanging out with you today. So, thank you for um, sharing so much, but please recognize that from our perspective, I'm sure our listeners are going to be intrigued to think about you know what you're talking about other other breweries and other brewers and other owners are going to listen to this episode and they're going to think about some of the things you said i'm sure so Mm -hmm. thanks for sharing that's you know that's that's what we're here for we're trying to really get to know the people we're interviewing
2: it's it's fun to talk with you guys about it uh i know that i've talked to quite a few local restaurateurs or um starting outs or uh brewery owners or people that want to start their own brewery and you know I am to advice when asked, you know, and a lot of times it doesn't. It, I don't get asked my advice that often, and it's it's cool one way or the other if it, if that's the way it is. Some people some people do, some people don't. Some people feel intimidated to ask. Some people just don't feel that they want it because they were kind of like me in the respects of you know, if I'm I'm going to build it my way, you know, <laughs> and uh, I'm going to I'm going to fail at it my way. I'm going to do it this way, and you know. I would definitely say if there's people out there that, um, I would ask advice of, I did back then. And, you know, I probably could have reached out even further on some of them, but, you know, other times, uh, I was looking to build something that hadn't been built yet or really didn't have, um, all of those pieces out there. So it wasn't something I could uh, mimic or emulate, which, you know, I definitely throughout the years have seen, um, was that another old adage which is uh you know imitation is the biggest form of flattery mm-hmm. um seen it and, you know there's I, I can't remember the name of the restaurant at the time but uh it was a they had opened up a gastro pub and uh it was a year or so after i'd opened up haven and um i was up in the area and uh wandered in somebody had made a comment to me about it one time uh that had lived nearby it and was like oh you should check it out and i'm like oh cool and i happen to be up in the area uh having a meeting so i stopped in for lunch and it was literally uh like a rubber stamp of the process like uh i used to have the definition of a gastropub on the menu when it was a gastropub and you know, the way that the play settings, it was a unique kind of format, the way I, I had done the play settings, and it was, like, mimicked exactly. <laughs> uh, there was... It was... Uh, I, I don't know. I, back then, it was kind of a hard thing to kind of take as a, man, that's flattery, or is it just like, man, this it sucks, but... <laughs> Ripping I, I me to, off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it, it ended up being... A, it, unfortunately, the place isn't around anymore, um, and, th- and that happens, but it, it is still one of those things that... Through time, it's been like, yeah, you know what, that that rising tide theory is good. You know, you're good to good people. Uh, you're good to people, and you know you'll get you'll get it back. Um, there's, I find that I really don't have competition in my industries, uh, even though the restaurant business is the most competitive there is of anything in the world. I mean, you get the smallest town anywhere, and a lot of times they'll have like two little eating holes, and they'll have I want to have a gas station, (laughs) you know, um, and that's the crazy part, but you end up uh, going along with it. And, uh, you know, if you set out to do what you're, you're set to do and you, uh, stay steady on your course, I think that, you know, good things will come out of it.
0: Well, that's as good a place as any to, uh, start wrapping up, uh, come down to the orange circle. If you haven't been in a few years, it really is blossoming. There is a lot to see and do here that you may not have uh, experienced before. Definitely come over to Chapman Crafted Beer. Uh, The tasting room's fantastic. Haven uh, is bordering on an institution at this point. It's 10 years old. um, And Provisions, uh, we understand is very popular with people who are trading beers back um, with people from the East Coast. So uh, you'll wanna check that out too. We want to say thank you to Mr. Will D for sitting with us for well over an hour at this yeah, point. Yeah, I think
1: this is the longest podcast we've done so far. far. Yeah. yeah so. So, but um, all thank of it you. was
0: entertaining. I was riveted the whole time. So thank you for your hospitality, and uh, we hope to talk to you again real soon. Thanks again for tuning in to The Hollywood Growler. Tune in next time. We're sitting down with Unsung Brewing Company owner and brewer uh, Mike Crea, And uh, since we already recorded that episode, I can tell you that we had a really good time. Uh, We talked about beer. We talked about comic books. We talked about pop culture in general. Um, We talked about quality control and cleanliness and different kinds of yeasts and different kinds of uh, bacteria that they put in uh, and then burn off to get uh, sour-tasting beer in a kettle sour. Uh, It was very interesting, and you can tell that everybody in the room was having a good time and and learning learning a lot. So we hope that you'll tune in next week for that episode. Thank you for listening so much. This was Chapman Crafted Beers Part 2. Tune in next time for Episode 6, which will be Unsung Brewing Company Part 1. Thanks again. Bye-bye.